With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, trying this one more time. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Cuatro Cuatro Dos. This is your boy Christian, uh, once again, bringing you all the soccer news, you know, with a little Houston twist to them. Um, once again, you can find the uh, the show at Cuatro Cuatro Dos on Twitter. Not on Twitter, sorry. 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 On Instagram, and also you can find it on the YouTube channel. You can see uh, all the podcast episodes on there. And then you can also see uh, a bunch of uh, interviews that I have done in the past with many different people in the soccer community here in Houston as well. Uh, pretty cool. Check them out. Um, if you want to learn a little bit about some different uh, Houston stuff, you know, related to soccer. And then also you can check me out, of course, uh, Chris Putaliat. actually my name, um, on Instagram and Twitter as well. And then Cuatro Cuatro's, of course, is Q-U-A-T-T-R-O, Q-U-A-T-T-R-O-D-O-S. Every time I say those, I feel like a rapper for some reason, even though they don't rhyme. But it is what it is. Uh, before we get into the whole dynamo stuff that I had planned out uh, to talk about, you know, the good and the bad, the ugly and the whatever, uh, let's just talk about a, like a couple minutes um, about the NWSL. So NWSL, of course, the Houston Dash are killing it over there. Um, they are doing a great job. They just beat Utah in penalties this past uh, few days. Um, I'm recording Monday, so I think they play Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or Friday. I don't think it matters because right now we're living in the future, so it is what it is. They beat uh, the Utah... Uh, Royals and penalties. Uh, Jane Campbell was the hero of the night. Um, but it was cool to see. It was a really tough game. Uh, very, very, very tough game. Uh, there was a lot of fighting. There was a lot of, uh, you know, not punches, but very close. Shout out to Visali. Uh, she was about to throw hands with some uh, some Spanish chick in there. Um, and then also, there was even ribs broken. Um, one of the Dash players right now slips my mind. But she had one of her ribs fracture. Um, she had to go to the hospital, the whole nine yards and stuff like that. But you can tell that, you know, women's soccer, it's probably tougher than men's soccer. Because men's soccer, freaking, they get touched, they flop like LeBron James. Um, you know, just to name a few. But, uh, but yeah, women's soccer is, like, tough, 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 tough. Um, so, shout out to the Dash uh, holding it down for the age one more time. Um, and hopefully, you know, they play Port, uh, Portland Thorns this upcoming Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. here Central Time. So be on the lookout on that. CVS, CBS, all access, because the, the other one's CVS, where you actually go get, you know, buy milk and stuff like that. Um, that's where you can watch the show. Not the show, the actual game. And then, of course, if you're out of the this country of the USAA, uh, you can watch it on Twitch. So I don't know if I have any international listeners, but if I do, check it out on Twitch. Um, so hopefully, 
we get a good result and then that can push us through to the final on Sunday and then we can have some type of a social distancing parade or something whenever they come back to town with the cup. So ladies, dash the fuck on. So um, hashtag dash TF on because, uh, you know, PC culture. Um, so and then also there was some news that it seems like there's another team coming to the NWSL. So it's growing. Uh, it's going to go up to 10 teams. So it's going to be very interesting. seems like L.A. is going to be the new city. Eh, L.A., it is what it is. We're going to have to beat them as well. Uh, but, yeah, Dash, great job making us proud, uh, repping the H. So thank you for holding it down for us because that's something the boys can't do. So at least we have y'all. Um, also, check out the Surge. They have some really badass jerseys going. I'm not going to say I'm going to buy some because I'm actually poor at the moment. Uh, but, you know, hopefully sometime, sometime in the future we'll get something going. Uh, they were, they've been doing a lot of stuff uh, for the community. So give them a shout. Check them out and stuff like that. Um, also, um, check out, you know, all the other supportive groups. They've been doing cool stuff. I know they, uh, some guys from El Batashon have been getting together to watch games. Um, so, you know, I guess if you want to go watch uh, a game with a, a, a socially uh, whatever... Uh, whatever it's called nowadays, social socially uh, in a good socially way, I guess. I don't know. Um, they've been doing that with the whole mask and stuff. So you know, they've been responsible and also enjoying some some. Uh, well, I guess not enjoying much, but you know, at least they're getting together with the family and and watching uh, the games. Uh, when I say family, of course, I mean the Dynamo family. Um. So shout out to the supporter groups doing great things out there. Also, I want to give a shout out to the Peel. Um, saw the show earlier today with uh, Justin and Josh and Edson. Um, I still get them confused. Uh, I mean, not that I get them confused. I know who they are. Just the, the whole Josh, Justin, I think is too close. But uh, actually, Josh was the one that had the baby. So shout out to Josh. Um, congratulations on your new baby. Uh, yeah, they're not that hard. I have three of them. I mean, it helps that I have a wife, right? But obviously you have a wife as well, so uh, she's going to make it a lot easier on you. But, you know, congratulations on the new child. Um, but, yeah, great show today. And also I want to give a shout-out to a new homie uh, from Todo Dynamo on Instagram and Twitter. Um, homeboy um, Federico, I think it is. Uh, Fede, uh, another Argentinian. Uh, and I think he can sing. So, you know, double whammy. You know, he can talk soccer and talk to you smooth if you wanted to because he can sing uh but yeah he's actually doing a pretty cool giveaway um all he needs is for everybody to go uh subscribe to his page and stuff he actually has really cool interviews on his youtube channel uh with some players so uh go check that out and also you know the the cool giveaway so he's i think we or we i'm saying we like i'm part of his stuff but he he wants to get to a thousand followers he's kind of close obviously he has like 100 more than me uh, so give him a shout, you know, uh, go check out his stuff. He's been, he actually just did a, an, in, like an interview slash talk with uh, Victor Araiza from, uh, from uh, the Glenn Davis uh, family, I guess, of shows. Uh, you know, another Victor Araiza is another great reporter here in the city of Houston that covers a lot of uh, Houston sports. Very knowledgeable dudes that were talking about soccer and, you know, the whole shebang. Um but yeah, it was cool to listen to actually two shows. It's it's crazy because 
I think I don't know who I told, but when I started my whole like podcasting and ideas of talking about the Dynamo, for some reason, you know, I couldn't believe that I was gonna be the only one that had like a some type of podcasting show or some type of like, you know, show of talking about the Dynamo. But of course, you know, I was wrong because there was a whole bunch of us uh, doing that. But it's pretty cool to see uh, many people very interested in the team and very interested in the culture of soccer here. In, uh, in Houston, so you know you have uh, Generation Orange, Generation Orange. Shout out to those guys as well. Uh, keeping tabs. Shout out to those guys. Uh, I feel like I'm missing some. Actually, the Dash. Check those guys out. Um, Haley, um, and I'm forgetting the the dude's name, but you know they cover the Houston Dash. Uh, pretty cool show. Uh, I know I'm missing a few. Uh, switch to the pitch. It's a bunch of ladies that talk about soccer. It's pretty cool, you know, if you want to get a different perspective. But yeah, those are some of the shows that are coming to mind. Um, if you're interested in, you know, listening other, than, you know, to somebody other than me, I guess, because I know I can get a little bit uh, annoying, I guess, in, in a way. What a break. Um, so yeah, after all that, um, I wanted to go ahead and talk about the Dynamo. Our beloved and pain-in-the-ass dynamo. Um, and you probably ask yourself, why is it a pain-in-the-ass? Well, because we can't fucking win a game. Um, that's why it's a pain-in-the-ass. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, the game with Portland, of course, wasn't the greatest. I think going into the... into the, I think we all kind of knew a little bit that going into this group of death uh, type thing uh we were gonna you know it was gonna be tough playing against lafc and portland la galaxy you know we we still kind of you know they're they're beatable in a way they're not like the galaxy they used to be i guess in a way like they're not donovan galaxy uh donovan galaxy or um what's this guy the inter miami guy beckham of course i would forget beckham's name but, uh, you know, they're not the Beckham of Slatan or, or Beckham or, sorry, they're not the LA, of, the LA Galaxy of Beckham or Slatan or whatever. Uh, they're the they're the LAFC of Chicharito, you know. But it is what it is. He's actually not playing. But going into the game with Portland, uh, boy, if you didn't actually hear, but I did a whole episode with uh, Houston against LAFC. Check that one out. It should be like the previous one. Uh, but this one against Portland, of course, Portland um, is probably one of the best teams out here in the MLS, uh, for sure, you know, with Valeri and a bunch of other dudes, uh, another bunch, you know, I'm just saying Valeri because that's the first one that comes up to mind, and actually because he's courting us, um, but there's a bunch of names that actually, you know, really good names that, you know, play out there, but Portland always has... They have been in the scene uh, for for a few years now, you know, competing up there and fighting for those championship spots. Not like us, just trying to get into the G damn um, playoffs. But you know, they 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 actually been fighting for stuff. So obviously, going into the game, we knew that it was going to be hard. It was going to be difficult. Even Tab Ramos said, you know, they're going to be a hard team. This and this and that. So being that said, uh, I think everybody knows that we lost two one. Um, it was a kind of like, but that's the thing. Okay, so let's get into the game. So most most of this episode, uh, it might be just like a big old rant, but it is what it is um, because I think it's been a long time coming, in a way. But then you'll see why I, because I'm, I'm I'm very conflicted in in a way because 
I I understand like the people that are pissed off at this club team, you know, club slash team. But then also I can see why we shouldn't be extremely mad at the team or extremely mad at the club. And here's why. Let me give you some, I guess, some of the reasons. So going into this game, we looked better than playing LAFC. In my opinion, of course, everybody has their opinion, but in my opinion, we looked better. That first first half, we seemed to had tying up a little bit, a little bit of the mistakes that we were doing with the LAFC. Not that great. Not. I mean, I'm not saying we were a lot better, but we were like a little step better. Obviously, the game with the LAFC was kind of like shitty in a way, even though we didn't lose. So this was a little bit above that. Um, but of course there were some inconsistencies when it came to the technical side of soccer. Obviously, I'm not going to sit here and say that I am, you know, a freaking soccer guru. You know, I just basically call it as I see it. I think of myself as a somewhat knowledgeable soccer person. Um, you know, I think my soccer IQ is average, you know, to say the least. Um, but you know, of course I, I, I don't know, but... The thoughts that I had in my head were kind of confirmed with, like, different people, of course, you know, that kind of know soccer, you know, in the same way that I do, in a way. So, you know, basically, the consensus, the consensus is that the our, our fullbacks, you know, Lundy on the left and uh, Valentin on the right, just don't seem to, like, un- I don't know if understand is the word, but they just don't seem to fit in into, like, the game or style of play. Um, against the LA, LA Galaxy, the first game, Valentin had a great game. Um, but Lundy, he seems to be struggling in the part of going up and then coming down. Which is like very vital, you know, uh, for a fullback. Um, because it, nowadays it has become, in like the state of soccer today, it has become a, a position where the fullbacks literally have become like attacking mids in a way. Um, I remember, you know, back in my day, um, if you play fullback, like, you weren't attacking as much. You know, maybe, uh, you know, like, like, Sanetti, back in, like, I'm going back in the day. Like, Sanetti was, like, one of the first few, or, like, Roberto Carlos was, like, were anomalies uh, to the to the game of fullbacks. Like, all the other fullbacks would, like, literally play up to half field that I have a notion of. Of course, I was very young, but, you know, to me, looking back, those were, like, the only players that stuck out to me because they were outside of those norms of, like, being a defensive player but also being an attacker at the time of attack when it was needed. So coming back to this Lundy and Valentin situation is, like, they seem to go and attack, but they seem to forget to come back. I don't know if it's because they forget or because they get, like, they get caught, you know, they get caught up in the front that they just, like, don't get back. Like, when I was watching the the, the Peel, the show, and Edson, which pretty cool uh, setup he has there. He was actually showing the video of the goal. And, yeah, you can definitely see that in the first game, in the first goal, Lundy gets caught up very, very, very up front, which gives, you know... Uh, that pie, I guess in Spanish, which gives the like the beginning of the play that has one of the 
Portland Timbers gets the ball basically in that area, and then he's able to cross the ball, you know, on the side of Valentin, who also gets cut up up front. Um, and of course, you know, we all know how that ended. Um, personally, a lot of people were talking about how Merrick, 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 whatever the goalie's name is. I I say that because I don't know how you people pronounce it, but I call it marriage. Uh, marriage supposedly was a Denise ball. I mean, personally, I don't think it was an easy ball. I think the goal was a really badass goal. The guy, you know, he just he just had a good shot and, and he had like the perfect angle. Even though it was a very very difficult angle for him to shoot that ball and to actually score it, I think he just got enough angle and enough power into that ball to to like put it in the corner. Um, so I mean, I'm not like honestly, I didn't I didn't reprimand marriage on nothing. I think he had a really really good game. He blocked a lot of shots. He he looks. He looks to be, I, I I forgot who said it. I don't know if it was on the broadcast or whatever. But it's, it seemed like uh, Merrick or Marriage is a really good uh, blocker of shots. Which obviously you're a goalie. You're supposed to do that. But he he knows how to like block those hard shots that are coming from outside the box. Uh, maybe he's having trouble in getting the ones that are coming from the sides. Because literally that's how LAFC scored. And that's how... Um, well, actually, no, because the second goal from Portland was different. But also, going into the second goal of Portland, also, that, that happened the same thing. Lundy got cut up up front. Ball went up over his head. Um, defender went up the line like nothing. And then, you know, he cut back, passed back. Uh, found um, Valeri, top of the box, all by himself. You give him enough room. You know, he'll move it around for a little bit. And then he'll put it in the back of the net. Like, there's no big problem for him. But then... That's when you see the problems arise when the team is not like coordinated enough to like attack as a unit and come back as a unit. Like we just get like stranded up there, and then you expect a 35-year-old and uh, Maynard Figueroa, which you know does his job, but you can only expect so much from like a 30-some-year-old dude. I'm not saying obviously that he sucks. I'm just saying that you know it is what it is. And then um, Kiki, which, you know, you can only expect so much from from two, literally from two center backs that are being attacked by three, four guys. Like there's, you know, it is what it is. If they don't, if the midfielders and the fullbacks don't come back, then there's no, there's no way they can hold it down, like literally against five, four guys, you know. But it is what it is, you know. Uh, I think obviously defensively, um uh, Tab Ramos has a lot of work to do, uh, but one of the points that people were bringing up is that Tab Ramos kind of inherited this team, and uh, you know he wasn't able to get. I mean, I don't know, but he. Well, I, I guess we do know he wasn't able to get all the pieces that maybe he wanted in the beginning of the season to begin with. Um, obviously, he just kind of took over the team, and he was like, you know, these are the cards you were dealt, bro. You know, go play poker, basically. And I guess he's trying to do the best he can, but. That's where we start getting into the whole like, whose fault is it? Who can like who do we blame? Do we blame the players? Do we blame the coach? Do we blame Matt Jordan? Do we blame the front office? When I say front office, I mean the owners. Um, who do we blame? Like who has the blame for it? Because you have, uh, like for example, not to, not to call it any names. Lundy had a shitty game. Manotas has been lost for two games. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have Christian Ramirez. I think Christian Ramirez would have been uh, a different, like it would have been a different ball game. Um, we we got uh, Quinteros, 
who is older, you know, but not really. He's probably like in his early 30s, 32, maybe 33. Um, but he's a whole different player to what, you know, according to to the other people that are more knowledgeable in his career. And according, you know, they're, they're saying that whenever he played in Mexico, he was a, you know, he was legit. And that's, I think that's what we expected. I don't know if maybe it was my perception that whenever we got him, that we kind of saw him as not a savior, but he was going to be like a DP, you know, like a, a designated player, a player that was going to be a game changer. And we just haven't seen that much from him. Like basically all he does, I mean, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying that all he does is get the ball and kind of calm everything down, which I think is needed in the Dynamo, and I think is needed in the MLS because the MLS is so fast-paced. It's so like, it's such a vertical. Is that vertical, horizontal? Yeah, such a vertical, such a vertical game that we play in the MLS that sometimes you need a guy to like stall the ball, like just keep it for two seconds, keep it, you know, regroup, you know, come down, slow down, you know. Maybe that's just the style of soccer that I like to play. Um, but it is, you know, it is what it is. Um, like I said, you know, uh, Quinteros, he hasn't been showing up in a way. He's just holding the ball here and there. And then also, we don't have a number 10. I've been saying this for the, from the beginning of time, and I think I'll say it from the, the rest of time. Um, I understand that the game has changed. I understand that soccer is probably not the same soccer that I am used to playing or that I'm used to watching. Um, but I think we need somebody. And that's what I've been saying. Like Quinteros has kind of been doing that role of being like a playmaker in a way. But also Memo has been playing that role. Um, we are used to seeing Memo running down the sides. Um, but now we are seeing Memo kind of towards the middle a little bit more. Which is giving him a little bit more of creative freedom um, to do a little bit more of what he pleases with his with with the ball, with the game. You know, change the speed, change the, change the directions, and stuff like that. Um, I think he has potential to be a number ten, but I see Memo as more as a number eight. What is a number eight to me is more of a backup to the number ten. Is the one that's gonna fight all the balls. Is the one that's gonna attack when attack and defend when defend the dude is a hard worker like he has balls like he's gonna he's gonna fight for every ball because he has the nuts to do it like he's gonna fight for it you know what i'm saying um and the number 10 is like a different mindset is it you know to, to play i guess like i've been saying it's my my games my style of game i guess and we are missing just somebody to con to control the ball, to give a pass, to come down. Because right now all we're doing is countering and trying to use the Ellie's, like literally squeezing, squeezing the juice out of Ellie's. Like that's what we try to do. And he's going to cross it and hopefully find, you know, Manotas, Memos or somebody up there and then somebody closing in the back. That's basically the game of the Dynamo and like. I don't know about you, but, you know, it's just, like, we we are so, like, one-dimensional as a team. Like, that's that's how I feel. I don't know. So, um, to keep moving on, um, what do we do? Like, I've been looking. So, a lot of people have been talking about Matt Jordan. So, Victor Araiza, um a couple of days ago, maybe, or a day ago, was talking about, uh, maybe he wasn't talking about it, but he was just pointing out. 
um, how Matt Jordan is basically the common denominator of shitty Dynamo in a way. Um, you know, it says not everyone. Blah, 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 blah. Let me see. Uh, but yeah, he posted not that anyone needed further proof. If you analyze this team from the past six years, but every match continues to show why Matt Jordan should not be renewed as a GM sporting director. Um, I guess what he's trying to say is that maybe he won't. Like, maybe he's thinking he won't be. Um, but I can see why, of course. Because Matt Jordan is in charge of being the sporting director. What is a sporting director? You are in charge of getting players. You're in charge of putting a team together. You're in charge of working with the coach and putting a team that is going to be competitive, that's going to, you know, turn heads, and you're going to, you know, work on player development and stuff like that. Um, if you haven't seen the interview I did with uh, Edson from Down in the Valley, we talked a little bit about RGV and basically uh, how the Dynamo, in a way, use RGV as a funnel of talent, in a way. Um, but then also at the same time, we kind of screw them up. And also, I mean, I'm not saying that RGV, um, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying that we're not getting players like, like, like that's what I would say. Like we come to a point that RGV gets like really, really good players that are playing in RGV and the Dynamo go and pluck them out. And then what do we do? We sit them in the bench for a whole year. So what kind of use does that have to taking a player out of a competitive team in the USL championship that maybe it could get that team to like a, a better spot because you know RGB kind of has been struggling a little bit but it's not because they want to struggle in a way but because they don't have any players like right now their their roster their roster is super like depleted because the Dynamo needed people, so he signed like four or five guys from over there. And it's just like, you know, they're just picking out players, and then you're not playing them in the first team. So it's like, what's the point of you taking players from RGV if you're not going to play them? I mean, what are you, like, what are you doing? No, like, are you, yeah, well, you're develop, develop them, developing them, but how, when, when, are, when is there an opportunity? I'm, I think, obviously, with, with Tab Ramos, we see a little bit more of um of hope for these young guys. I mean Lemoyne has already played. Uh but obviously with, with Cabrera in the past, like he wouldn't give the kids a chance. So, you know, it is what it is. But you know, Matt Jordan, he's actually in charge of you know the Dynamo and RGV. So it's like you know, you I guess you can you can start and question like his, some of his decisions. You know, like some players that he bought, like Victor Raisa was naming like Cubo Torres uh, he he spent a good amount of money on that, and that didn't work out. Uh, then you have, let's see. Then of course he's not making any decisions when it comes to um, what's this guy, uh, Manotas or Elis, Like they're not being sold; they're possibly about to walk out for free. Um, it's like you know, like what what is it? Like what what do we want? I mean, who knows? Like. Uh, here he talked about uh, Barnes and Bruin back a few years back like he doubled their salaries and then he traded them away and then you know nothing no money was kind of came back on that um, it's just like you know and we 
it don't we have one of the lowest uh, payrolls in the MLS. So it's not like we're spending a lot of money, but then also we're not getting any money for any investments. Like we haven't invested on any players, and like the players that we get, I don't know how this is gonna sound, but I guess I'll say it, and then I'll just get reprimanded for it. I guess. Um, I don't know who's gonna reprimand me, but it is what it is. Um, but like the players that we've been getting, like I'm sure they're great players. Obviously, they're professionals. I'm not. I just talk shit for a living. Well, not for a li- hopefully someday I'll talk shit for a living. But like we are getting players that sometimes they'll turn out good, because that's like that's the whole plan of Matt Jordan. Like he has said it time and time again. His plan is to get diamonds in the rough. But then you run the risk though. Because, like, I'm not a freaking gemologist. Is that a word? I don't know. But, like, when you get something that you don't know how it's going to turn out, it can either be, like, a lot of... You can have a freaking, I don't know, like a Vera. You know, I love Vera. Like, he's great. He has become, like, an anchor of the team. But then you can get, like... I can't... Like, on top of my head, I can't name any shitty players. But, like... Well, I mean, I could, but I don't want to. Um, but, you know, you get other players that are just, like, a waste of time, a waste of money, a waste of resources, a waste of this and that for nothing. Because you, you brought them here, you paid them, and you got nothing in return. So, like, I don't know, maybe, like, what, what are, like, what is it that he's doing wrong? Like, like, do we have to switch our plan? Like, I mean, what, what, what is it? Like, what is it? What do we have to go look at different countries? Because I don't know. Like we've been going to, so we go to Honduras a lot. Obviously, we are known for freaking as uh, Houston Duras and shit. And and there's nothing wrong with that because shit out of there came out Kyoto, came out Ellis, came out Bonnie Garcia. Like obviously, it's been very fruit fruitful, I guess in a way. But are there? You know, are those players that are coming out of these countries or like, for example, um, I don't know. Peña to say, you know, uh, or uh, I can't think of anybody else, but let's just keep it at that. Um, are these players like top, top tier players? Are these players turning into players that we are able to like get our money f- for them? Like as a club, like are we developing, develop, developing them and turning into like a freaking gem? Tomas Martinez, like all these players, like, yes, they have a lot of potential. And, of course, you can never, you, you can't read the future. You don't know how it's going to turn out. But then, who does that fall under? Like, who do we blame? Who do we blame for all this? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but, like, you have the title. You know, like, you are the vice president, general manager of the club. Like, it falls under your head in a way. Like, you were in charge in... It's just, it is what it is, like, and I'm not saying that it's completely your fault, because you trusted your scouts, you trusted, uh, what is it, like, do we have to change your scouts, do we have to be, get better scouts, like, because that, that be a solution, you know, I don't know, I'm just, you know, throwing shit out there, uh, but I'm just saying, because I, I hate to, like, I mean, I'm not going to get anybody fired, you know, I don't, like, we say in Spanish, you know, so, ni pincho ni corto, like, my word is not, like, the final word, it'd be cool, but it's not my word, you know, my word is not going to change, I'm making any decisions, but it, 
it it just it feels bad to talk shit about people that you don't know because they're probably like great people but when it comes to the business side of things you start looking at things and you're like well but it's not turning out you know but then you have other people that are like well the owners don't care the owners don't pull out their checkbooks and then you have the argument it's like well you know if i if i give like victor actually said if i'm giving matt jordan this amount of money and you're bringing a cubo torres that that you know maybe he had an okay season and then you're bringing this guy and then you're bringing this guy and then you're bringing this guy and like and they're not turning out to be like the best players in, in your team oh, they're not difference changers like come on dude like i'm giving you all this money like give me a return for my investment unfortunately in this country everything is about money in a way so of course if you're buying a team you're investing not only you're technically you don't invest in yourself unless you you have love for the for the club but you're literally investing in your money like you're you're hoping that you buying a team is going to make you more money in a way and that's the shitty part of it because at the end of the day we suffer as fans i believe it and, you know of course everything falls on my selfish self but like we want a winning team bro like this is houston texas like fourth largest city like the greatest potential like we could bring out so many players out of like you can go to freaking cyprus katie uh go to the south side go to the north side go to pasadena go to freaking kingwood and go to humble uh humble not humble go to um dude like there's so many like like go go to a leaf like like there's so many like spring branch like i could just start naming like in all these places that i'm naming are like because i know somebody that lived in that area that were killing it at the, at the time where i was playing you know and it's like and i know there's now there's more teams like there's like upsl teams like all these matias almeida academy the texas hogs the houston fc the K- kd athletic or some shit or kdfc um there's so many of these little like soccer nowadays is so organized and there's so many different leagues and there's so many like 17 16 17 year old 18 year old kids that you know have so much potential and of course i see that they're doing that right now hiring all these new people um obviously like uh matt holliker i think it is you know with the whole academy and like you know signing literally 15 year old kids into the first team and you're like well shit there's something going on but then it's like how how long do we have to wait till we get something out of this team like i don't want to be the astros <laughs> i don't want to suffer for four or five years to get a championship i don't know because at the end you're like is it worth it i don't know i don't know uh, but then also you have to go back and you have to look at the team so I looked up the Wikipedias. So we went to the, we got our new stadium, 2012, right? We went to, uh, I think we we went to the, yeah, we went to the advanced to Eastern Conference Finals in 2012. We missed the playoffs in 2013, 14, 15, 16. That's four years in a row that we missed playoffs. Matt Jordan became the vice president in November of 2014. So let's, just, let's not count 2014. So three years. Those first three years. Um, let me see. Vice president, general manager. So yeah, see, then he was promoted to senior vice president. I don't know what's the difference. Maybe he got more money. But it is what it is. So 
in three years that the first three years of Matt Jordan's campaign or whatever you want to call it, reign or whatever, uh, we missed the playoffs. I think, or also a common denominator was Carrera, maybe, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, 2017 came around. We went to the Western Conference Finals, if I'm not mistaken. That we got beat by, yeah, we, we went to the Western Conference Finals and we got beat by Seattle Sounders. That was the first time clinching the playoffs since 2013. So after a drought of four years, we went to the, like literally, we were on the top four teams in the, in the United, here in the MLS. 2019, we didn't do too hot in the MLS, but we won the U.S. Open Cup. We went to the CONCACAF. You know, we did okay. We got beat by Tigres, who is uh, he's Tigres, you know. Um, but then, like, we haven't done shit since. So then you start thinking. It's like, okay, first few years were shitty. Maybe, you know, the whole re- revamping of the club, or not the club, but the team and all that. Um, but then you have a, a conference semifinal and then a U.S. Open Cup. Then you have to kind of think to yourself, how valuable are those? How valuable is an U.S. Open Cup? Is that worth... I don't know. How many U.S. Open Cups are worth in MLS Cups? If you win for the rest of your life, if you win all U.S. Open Cups and you don't win an MLS Cup, does that equate? I don't think so, right? But, I mean, it's a cup, right? We, I mean, shit, we celebrated it. I was there. I celebrated it, you know? And then a Western Conference Final. I know it's not a final, per se, but, I mean, it's a Western Conference final and you lost against Seattle, who I believe they they actually won that cup. So you you lost to the to the best team. But then, of course, we're in 2020. Of course, I guess this year we, we won't count it, I guess, in a way, because, you know, Corona. But, you know, 2019, that was a shitty year. Um, it literally, it was like one of the worst years ever. Obviously, we lost, we well, we didn't lose Carrera. We kicked them out in a way. And literally, we were, let's just put it out there. We were terrible. Vancouver was, I think, the only, the the worst team. And we were right above them. So, I don't know. But then that, that brings me to another point. Uh, if you look at James, James, the coach of the Dash. I forgot his name. But James, basically, his first year here, uh, shitty season. You know, I think the Dash people will agree with me. But then he got the opportunity to get players that he wanted and get players that maybe he needed for his team. And where do we see him now? I mean, of course, the NWSL is not the MLS. And the, the reason I'm saying that is because in the MLS, there's about almost 30 teams. In the NWSL, there's only 8 or 9. We're now going to be 10. So obviously, it's not the same thing. It's not the same league. But then also you see how much it influences when a coach gets to make the decisions of the players that he has or he wants, per se. So, I mean, we got rid of Kelly, uh, Kelly Ohai, you know, also known as Watt, that maybe it was a fan favorite just because of her name. I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't see her play, so I don't know. Um, but then also we, we got a few players, you know, talking to uh, Haley and talking to Sarah from uh, Bay City Republic. They talked about how this team seemed very, very strong. And we're seeing the fruits of that. I mean, we're in the semifinal. Um, I like how I say we when I don't do nothing. But we are, we the Dash, uh, we are in the semifinal 
of the uh, the Challenge Cup. So what about what about us, Houston Dynamo fans? Does that mean that we should like wait one more year to 2021 when Shed has to go down and you know Tab gets his players? Because I mean, there's a whole also somebody else posted and I think Victor retweeted it. Um, there's a whole bunch of uh, players that their contracts are up. So, like, for example, Figueroa, his contract is up at the end of the year. Boniek, his contract is up. Seren, Christian Ramirez, for him, I would bring him back. Tomas, Tomas Martinez, I don't know, my friend. Salazar, um, Michael Salazar, Tommy McNamara, fame favorite. <laughs> uh, Major, uh I would keep him. He's young, he's good. Uh, Memo, of course, please give him a fat check. Lemoyne, he's a new kid. Uh, Palomino, new kid. Hansen, we don't know. We haven't seen him play. Uh, Kyle Adams, new kid. But, you know, he could be useful in the back. Uh, Nelson, the goalkeeper, of course. You always want a good keeper. And then Junqua, also a new kid. Um, so, obviously, there's going to be a lot of changes this year. Like, literally, I've, I think there's going to be a lot of... There's going to be a mass exodus of players. And then there's going to be uh, some players coming in, but... I don't know. I think we're just going to have to wait and see, you know, see what the hell goes on this offseason. Um, but that's the thing. How much as a fan can we hold on to? Like, how much can we wait? How much can we support? How much can we stand seeing a shitty Houston Dynamo team? Like, how many more years? Um, me and my, uh, talking to my brother, he was like, you know, maybe we should wait two or three more years, you know, for like a... a so we can get a good product. So, you know, basically a pull a Houston Astros. But then again, it's like, how much should we have? How much do we want to wait? Like, and then when we don't do good, like, who's going to, who's going to say, hey, like, we're doing something. We're trying. Because, I mean, to this day, nobody has said anything. Nobody, I mean, the only thing that they're doing is the academy and, yeah, it's being fruitful. But, I mean, nobody's saying that with the first team, and we're shitty as ever. Like, I mean, not shitty as ever, but, you know, we're not playing top level. Like, you know, hand over your heart. We, we can't say that we are a competitive team, you know? But being all that said, I think I ranted off for a good time. Um, I would like to know, um, people never comment on my shit, <laughs> but uh, I would like to know what your opinion is. Uh, let me know what you think. Um, let me know what your thoughts are. Who do we blame? Who do we not blame? Do we wait? Do we just sit down and wait? Uh, but yeah, but don't forget, uh, check out The Dash. Check out all the other uh, podcasts out there that support the Houston Dynamo and The Dash as well. Check out also uh, Down in the Valley, RGV. Uh, badass golazo too. I saw that. I didn't see the game unfortunately, but I was able to watch the see the goal. So it was a badass golazo. And I mean, I apologize, Edson, but it seems like if that guy keeps playing good, uh, the Dynamo, I just pick him right off your team, and I apologize in advance. <laughs> but you know, that's it is what it is, brother. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you again for listening. Thank you for ranting with me. Uh, hopefully, um, you can see the passion. That as a new Dynamo fan I have for this team, I won a winning team. Jesus Christ, give me a winning team, Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. But um, 4-4-2 on everything. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And I'll see you guys next time. Y'all have a good one. See ya. Dash.
Wafaga.